Yeah, that's, always nice. <laughs> that's all I ever did on Streets of Rage 2, man. Like, you just you, you either, walk up and you grab them and you just slam people down. <laughs> and it's funny because if you know what you're doing, you can um, you can do like a front kind of slam. You can like jump and yeah. slam or you can get behind them and do like a German suplex. Yep. <laughs> or you can hit them a few times first, then slam them. Yeah. So the variety of slamming is very fun for it's me. Very, it's very strategic and all that you can do. Oh, yeah. Turtles in Time. That's another good one. You know, oh, Turtles man. Four for the oh, Super NES, man. Ninja Turtles, that's classic. I guess the first one is the is the most hard, yeah. where you're just in the turtle thing and you gotta like go in the street and don't die. That's like stuff. on the regular NES. Oh, oh man, yeah. But those then, games are tough. <laughs> but then the second one where you're in the burning building with the boulders is great, and then the third one, Turtles in Time, yeah, three, where you're like on the yeah. beach and then you get to ride on the surfboards and all that stuff. It's amazing. But it's I will game. say maybe the most underrated, but maybe the best of all time, Battletoads. <laughs> oh you guys know Battletoads? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Battletoads is notoriously hard. I, I mean, there, there's hard, there's Nintendo hard, and then there's Battletoads hard. Here's the thing, though. Don't lie. If you've ever played the game, you're fine with beating the first level, <laughs> sort of beating the speeder second level, and then going to the descending level where you just die, and you're like, mm-hmm. hmm. I guess oh, where you're, like, st- hanging from a rope. Yeah. yeah, that's, like, impossible. And then you're just like, you know what? Gonna have yeah. to play again from the beginning, I guess. There was a meme <laughs> a couple years ago where uh, people were people were trying to prank everybody else that a new Battletoads was coming out. Oh, so they made yeah. like, they made a bunch that. of stuff on Facebook, and they had um, there's all these videos of people calling GameStop and saying like, "Hey, you got the new Battletoads? <laughs> yeah, Battletoads for uh, PS4." <laughs> oh my gosh, they have since made a new uh, Streets of Rage, which I've heard is very very good. Oh yeah, that's Streets on, of Rage Four. I saw that on Steam. Oh, wow. So um, cool, how man. do we segue uh, video retro video game beat-em-ups into uh, the episode? Music, video media, which could include video games, <laughs> and the mission of Jesus, like a mission in a video game. Let's, so, yeah. I mean... L- l- let's recognize we're, we're, there, there is no segue. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump straight into it. <laughs> All right, let's go. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants, Plants Podcast. Podcast. We're here to talk and talk. I'm going to beat you up in a video game. <laughs> We're here to talk about music, media, and that mission of Jesus. Heck yeah. And we're also going to be talking about another one-off episode concerning yeah. uh, not being able to see and thinking that something's going to happen real hard. Mm. What's that? I don't know. What you, what you talk about? We'll talk about it after we do some worship. So <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, if you checked in with us last time, we were uh, we were getting really deep into that incarnation mm-hmm. and talking about Jesus, talking about why he, he was in the flesh. And so today we're going to do another one-off. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be talking about blind faith. Blind faith? Blind faith. You, you you mean that uh that uh that British rock band started by band uh, by, I, by, 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 yes. by Steve Winwood and Eric Clapton? I did uh I did funnel funny you should mention that when I was doing some research, I was like, what is blind faith? Yeah. Uh, just to see what if there was an article. <laughs> and the first thing was like, it's a British rock band. <laughs> <laughs> hey Google, what is blind faith? Oh. oh. 
You're ruining it. Yeah, I thought I was going to look up the band. Oh, my wow. goodness. You know what? Good springboard, though. Yeah, nice. So we're going to do some worship. I actually uh, decided to take it upon myself to do a little original ditty this time. Um, occasionally, me and Zach get any free time at all. We try and do originals. Um, and so uh, in between the hymns that we do. Uh, and so I entitled this song, Blessed Be the God of Israel. And it is actually taken straight out of Zechariah's prophecy from Luke. Um, so if you guys ever want to find out what the what the actual lyrics are based on, um, it, it's really, it's not verbatim, but it's very, very much the meat and, you know, the detail of what blessing comes out of this mute guy's mouth miraculously. So without further ado, let's do it.
Lord, we are so thankful that you have called us together, um, that you are revealing yourself to the world, um, that you um, came to dwell with us, not just uh, leave us hanging, not just tell us what to do and just expect that we would just... um, we would just implement commands, but that you came and actually uh, led us. Uh, you came and showed us yourself, um, that you let us get to know you. Um, I thank you that you are also revealed in our hearts by the fact that we have faith in you and through your Holy Spirit. I pray that uh, people listening would just um, come to know you better, uh, that you would reveal yourself um, through our conversations, uh, that we would lift you up, that it would give you glory. And I pray for um, the three of us, that we would just uh, be drawn closer to you as we um, talk about you and talk about faith. And in Jesus' glorious and precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome, guys. I awesome. did the riff still because I was like, yeah, you let's did. do that riff. But it was Love really that, that Zach did the cool riff during the song. So we switched it up. That's going to be another awesome one to get on Patreon. Here's the thing. When me and Zach are in our element playing music for the Lord and the Lord has taken over and the Holy Spirit is really just driving that train, then it doesn't matter because we both support each other through music. <laughs> you guys don't get that, but <laughs> maybe one do you will. I mean, you know, we're pretty much the best musicians that we know and, and, and we are and we the, are and the most humble of them all very humble we are the christian know. tenacious d and yes. the story about the you know beating the demon at worship music yeah. that that's a that's basically that's the true same thing. Yeah. yeah they stole that from us a demon was like oh yeah you think you're good worship leaders <laughs> a demon challenging a worship band to a worship like song so right off. there right there we had to come up with um <laughs> an s tier song yeah. In order to drive those demons away. Oh, my so. goodness. Oh, okay. Oh so, my goodness. so very anointed worship. Oh, here. so good. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to be talking about <laughs> <laughs> so far off the rails. So we're going to be talking about blind faith. Um, one of the things people uh, probably just believe that, you know, all those things that we just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With no evidence or anything. I mean, uh, so why wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's funny about, um, Blind faith, the idea of it, um, honestly, it doesn't necessarily come from Christianity. And Bob made that uh, a point to me the other day. Uh, really, blind faith seems to stem from just like the ignorant idea of faith. Yeah. Um, faith itself um, seems to be kind of a, uh, uh, a contradiction to some people and, and to name an important person who considered it to be a contradiction. Mark Twain once said, faith is believing what you know ain't so. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, aw. What a down homey, like, you know, real quaint sort of wisdom there. And it's interesting because he did that weird, uh, that weird story about Satan too. You know, that claymation thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, we should talk about that movie sometime. Oh, that'd be a good one to review with Steven. All right. So yeah, it is. So, um, so he he tended to lean towards that kind of like generalized idea that I think a lot of non-Christians and maybe some just kind of casual Christians might assume blind faith is, which is that mm-hmm. with with absolutely no reason or evidence to believe in something you do anyway. I think it's funny, and Bob, you were kind of saying this, but just mm-hmm. how 
blind faith is some is a way that people have criticized Christianity. Right. Like, oh, you guys are just well, you got that yeah. blind faith over there. But then well, Christians started to adopt that like, oh yeah? Well, yeah, you're right. We do have blind faith. I'm proud of being <laughs> I'm proud, I'm of, proud of blind yeah. faith, yeah. yeah. It was that Richard <laughs> Dawkins was saying that like, you know, faith doesn't work in in its favor of proving God's existence or mm-hmm. something. And so, here's here's mm-hmm. here's what's interesting. I, you know, there is a conclusion we're going to get to, but I first want to, I want to like kind of dissect the idea of blind faith and kind of like take a, a completely different tact about faith itself. And, and I think we should look at what the Bible says about the actual act of being faithful mm. or the feeling Interesting of that you're, the, you're tipping your hand. Well, the act of faith. <laughs> well, there is <laughs> a faith, having faith and being faithful um, is is not necessarily this ignorance thing, just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, throwing caution into the wind, mm-hmm. though it has been depicted that way. And so I like this quote much, much better. And I want to talk a little bit about this person who I only found out about recently. Her name is Corey Ten Boom. Uh, it's not her actual name. We'll talk about that in a second. But this quote I found very profound and basically sums up what we're going to be talking about. Never be afraid to... Tr- Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Hmm. So what do you guys think about that quote? What do you think she's saying there? Well, she, she's definitely pointing out the fact that there are some unknowns, that not everything is completely clear. But Would you say that we venture into the unknown? In a lot of ways. Into like, the unknown. Like frozen characters. <laughs> <laughs> So, and yeah. Fallout Boy apparently because they do a version of it. Um, so so yeah, but what do you what do you think, Zach? Uh, what is what is she saying there? I think that um, the future is not revealed to us. We are not given like specific outline of like what path our life is going to take. Um, but the known God is very yeah. interesting to me mm-hmm. because last episode, and if you guys haven't listened to it, you totally should. Um, these two are connected. We talked about Christ's revealing God to us. Like Jesus was God right in the flesh. And we got to see God because he came and revealed himself to us. I also think about like, uh, you know, that scripture, I think it's a Psalm. I can't remember exactly where it is, but it was turned into a Amy Grant song. Thy word is a lamp, lamp into, my, into feet. my feet and a light into my path. Mm. Um, well, that's one of the things that it also says in the song we I, we just did yeah. worship to um, in that second. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, in the you know, I think it's uh, we sit in darkness and in that darkness, God's mercy is like a light that guides us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's what I always notice about that is, you know, whenever scripture talks about like God showing us a light, like the lamp unto my feet is really interesting because it's not a it's not a headlight that points like way down the path to like show like what's really coming Mm -hmm. what's ahead, but it is a light into your feet. And so it gives you enough information to make the next step. Interesting. I I like, like, I like the thought process. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, Cause yeah, there's still, there's still some darkness around you. You may not see three steps ahead, but you've got one, you got one step ahead. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know who this Corey, um, her Corey 10 boom, her real, her real full name is, Cornelia Arnalda hmm. Johanna Ten Boom. 
Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's right. So she was this. She was actually a Dutch Christian hmm. who grew up and lived and survived the Nazi occupation right. in Ooh. Um, the, during the Holocaust in um, not the is it the Netherlands? The Netherlands. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, one of the things that's re- in Amsterdam. So one of the things that's really interesting about her is that her family um, were reformed Calvinists, I believe, um, and their faith inspired them to do these like shelters and food offering right. things. Yeah. They did a lot of ministry okay. stuff in their community. Oh, nice. Yeah, this is sounding familiar to me. And what's yeah. and and so she was the she was uh, from a family of watchmakers, mm-hmm. and they were also very actively. Christian and community oriented. So when the Nazis invaded, um, she actually uh, turned that kind of missional uh, influence into mm-hmm. a sort of like hideout. And she wrote a book that ended up becoming a uh, movie. And I think it's called hiding place. Is it the hiding place? Yes. Okay. So here's a fun fact. I'm just now putting two and two together. This okay. is who this is. Um, we have a clock in Asbury okay. that is like it's the front part of a clock uh-huh. that was used in one of those shelters. It was one of Corey Ten Boom's family's clocks and it's called the hiding place clock. You can go look at it in one of our buildings and it's got like a little plaque next to it. And it's yeah. just, so so this idea of like the clock opening up and kind of being a doorway. Yeah, there's like a hiding the, the, room. That, there's the, like the, a closet back behind there. That that, that was yeah. a real thing. That's not just a story element. That's something that, that was, was really on, happened. Yeah, it was based on a true story. And they it, have it, that clock face at my seminary. It's pretty cool. That, that, that is a really neat thing. Yeah. I mean, because you see this in, in movies all the time. Yeah. This idea of like you open up the clock and it's you walk through and it's so much bigger uh-huh. on the, you know, opens up this secret room. But this is this is based on reality. This is this really mm-hmm. happened. Yep, that's awesome. Wow, that's really cool, Colin. Um, so so one of the interesting things about her life is that uh, she began to harbor Jews who were trying to to, to mm-hmm. escape persecution. Sure, but she was a Christian, and so what was interesting about that is that when this one Jewish woman came to her home, um, and and kind of like asked for refuge, uh, she said. In this household, God's people are always welcome. So she was saying that because you're a Jew, you are also part of my community. So she was very, very open about that. Sure, um, sure. Just because, you know, Christian and Jew, she didn't see the lines there. And then later, there's a really, really funny part, I thought. Well, it's not f- funny, but... Um, so she also worked with the mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And at one point, um, a lieutenant scoffed at her while she was arrested in, in this like camp. And her response was, um, she defended it by saying that in the eyes of God, a mentally disabled person might be more valuable than a watchmaker saying for herself or a Lieutenant talking about him. Hmm. So she was very like, I don't apologize for my faith. And so I couldn't track down specifically where this quote was from. But I thought it was so profound that I wanted to share it and talk a little bit about her. So she lived very, very much uh, intentionally with her life as a Christian. She didn't apologize. She survived the Holocaust and she went on to be a writer. And so this idea of never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God spoken from a person who survived the Holocaust. Yeah. And some of her family passed away. A lot of her neighbors got killed. 
And so for a person who survived the Holocaust, who proclaimed their faith throughout to say something like that to me is a good example of faith. So that will be our wow. springboard leading in. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, so what does that mean? So faith, uh, in a known God, um, there is many, 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 many scriptures in the Bible that talk about faith. There are so many that it would take way too long for me. And there is one scripture that is incredibly long uh, from Hebrews that is always the go-to when discussing faith. So I'm not going to read the entire thing. I'm going to skim a little bit. Okay. But Hebrews, uh, I think it's Hebrews 11. Yeah. Starting in verse 1. Yeah. Starts like this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So connecting the first episode, yeah, here, yeah. The, uh, the incarnation episode, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So then verse four, and this, he gives a, this person gives a million examples. So we're really going to skim. So I'm sorry for cutting some of these, but in verse four, it says by faith, Abel, Abel offered to God a more than uh, a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Mm-hmm. Very, very, because yeah, it says like you're. Uh, after Cain kills him, it talked about, oh, yeah. your, your brother's blood, blood cries, cries out. out to me. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so um, so in verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, mm-hmm. in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemn, uh, condemned the world and became an error of the righteousness that comes by faith. Yeah. Um, so again, as old as the beginning of the scripture, all the way through the scripture, Hebrews is going to line out these different people for Abraham, for example, obeyed when he was called yeah. to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance and went out, not knowing where he was going by faith. He went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob heirs with him, of the same promise, which is something we talked about in the song yeah. I just sang. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff about Abraham when it comes to, I mean, he's basically, faith. he's the example of faith. Exactly. That scripture always uses. Now, yeah. I, I could keep going because this is, uh, by, so in the same token later by faith, it talks about Abraham when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Right. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, 18, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Mm-hmm. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So in Hebrews, <laughs> it is suggesting that Abraham was not only ready to kill him, but was like, I trust God so much yeah. that God, because God right. said that his kid would be the future. Like he would go on to uh-huh. do stuff. Sure, sure. So would you say that Abraham had blind faith? Here? Absolutely not. But yep. I think I think a lot of people would say that they, that he did. I but, would say absolutely not. But you have to read 
the chapters leading up to the point where he Mm -hmm. sacrificed, where he was going to sacrifice Isaac because God gave him all the promises and the God basically laid out how it was going to go. So he did have reason to trust God. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so a lot of people would argue that it was blind because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have, there wasn't much to go off of where I would agree with you guys that, that he did. That mm-hmm. that that uh, that first of all, he had the tradition of his family when he left his land and went to the, went to the land that God would show him, and then God showed him, thus creating evidence for him to follow and build off of. Mm-hmm. And then and then later on, as, as throughout the whole, this whole thing, where you, time after time, as you talked about the promises that that were laid out and the promises that were fulfilled. So the, the birth of Isaac itself was a fulfillment of the promise, and a miracle, arguably yeah. by many, a miracle in of itself. So in the right. story of Moses, yeah. not only did Moses end up having a lot of faith, but all the people in his life and the people of that land all had enormous mm-hmm. faith to wait on the promises of God, sure. to stay faithful, to uh, to say, like, we know that we are going to be delivered out of Egypt. Yeah. Um, 400 and, years they had to wait. And they crossed a, they crossed a big ocean and, and followed Moses. It's what what we're talking about seems like they said, I will do this thing even though I don't know what will happen. Now, that I can agree with. You don't know for certain what will happen. Sure. But there is something to be said about assuredness in God. And so um, I have a quote that I wrote all the way down at the bottom of this thing um, that I'm just going to say now and then I'll come back to it. The tenacity of our faith is equivalent to the assuredness, confidence, and affirmation of what we know about God. That is a mm. Colin McSweeney TM quote. Uh, I will be the next Corey uh, <laughs> Ten Boom. <laughs> They'll say, Colin said this. I'll say, where did he say it from? Because that's what my problem was with Corey Ten Boom. I was like, what was that from a book or something? I couldn't track down the origin of when she said that. I wanted to find the context. But anyway, so. Here's the thing. What do we know about faith from the Bible? So Mm -hmm. we've already heard from Mark Twain and Corey Ten Boom. And we've heard now from uh, from the book of Hebrews about these people who who lived out acts of faith. Mm -hmm. So I believe that I don't think that it's (laughs) exclusive, but I believe that one major part of faith Mm -hmm. is living out that faith. But blindly living out your faith, I think is incorrect and irresponsible. I'm just, I'm not going to leave any mystery in this episode, but um, I'm going to tell you why I feel that way. And a big part of it comes from the way that these stories are described. Abraham has a Mm -hmm. relationship with God. Yeah. He has a very good relationship with God. And the fact that he, he not only knows uh, about the nature of God, but he also uh, has, has, this communication, he has a knowledge, he has a learning, he has like a spirit connection. So you would say that there was evidence for his more than for, for his belief. Yeah. I mean, because like Zach said, he made promises to Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if if a if a benevolent deity for which you do not quite understand makes a promise to you, that's pretty significant, I think. But I mean, you know, and God would not be God if he wasn't the promise keeper. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, where do we come to with that? I mean, so like after, you know, at the end of Hebrews, <laughs> I think he begins to ramble. He's like, what else should I say? Yeah. Starting in verse 32. And he's like, for time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Bar- Barak, Samson, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, it, and it's, it's funny um, what Hebrews is doing here because it's calling, because Hebrews was written to the Hebrews, was written to a Jewish audience. So right. They would have been the people who have grown up with these yeah. stories. It's funny how God always says, remember, he's like, remember this, remember that. He always tells them, like, remember, mm-hmm. you were slaves in Egypt and I brought you out of it. Um, well, he's saying, God is often saying that to people who lived like generations later. Like, he still says it like way later in the Old Testament. He's still saying, like, remember, you were slaves in Egypt and I brought you out. And like, God is, God is always having us remember things that we weren't alive yet for. So, right, <laughs> right. That, that's like, that's really cool. It. Like you are given these stories as a sure. way of remembering who God is. Cause you remember like what you heard about that. You heard about this story that proclaims like who God is. Sure. Remember that. Remember he's the God who called Abraham. Remember he's the God who like freed the slaves from Egypt. I mean, that's you know? the whole point of yeah. reference. That's the whole point of why yeah. Jesus references scripture later. I mean, it's, right. that's the point to make reference to the things God has done and will do. There's something like very, I don't know. This could be like a whole like other episode, but I think there's something very important about remembering and you can remember something that isn't like your experience. Yeah. Yeah. You can remember like history and stuff. Right. Well, yeah. so, so uh, we talked about remembering a little bit, in the um uh what was it not the rent it wasn't called rend your heart but it was um was it about lent it was about lent yeah, yeah. about remembering oh, being yes. equally important to uh to uh, uh loving and like, yeah. praying to god and stuff and yeah. so okay i'll ask you both mm-hmm. based on some of the stuff you've heard in hebrews based on what i've said what do you believe faith is could you could you sure. sum it up Faith is... Let's just keep it to God for, for our discussion. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So faith is a belief based on um, evidence, some of which is current evidence, some of which could be past evidence, but evidence nonetheless. You think so? Yes. Do you, that, that, do you that, think that, that, that evidence is contingent for faith? Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm sure. just asking. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I think there is a level of evidence that is most certainly contingent on, upon faith. Yes, Zach. I think that faith is your willingness to trust in something ah. so much that it would dictate like how you act, ah. and even maybe how you feel about things based on how strong your faith in it is. So we've talked yeah. about stepping out in faith, right? Yeah. Do you remember when sure. we had the episode a long, long time ago? Uh, I think I even wrote a song called uh, 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 uh when you say, right. Yeah. And Brian, Brian Duncan was on and we talked about stepping away when God calls us to step away from something. So mm-hmm. what would, how crazy would it be if we just were like, I have no evidence to think this, but I'm quitting. <laughs> like people would be like, why? I don't know. Blindly. Yeah. I'm just doing this. And then you're like, but why stepping out? Just doing it. Right. Why, why, There's why no purpose? So what's the, so, so we've talked about faith and I, I would, I'm going to leave my, my description blank. Cause I kind of have a researched thought out, uh, answer to that. But if that is what faith is to you all mm-hmm. evidence and trust, what would blind faith be then? 
shallow, ignorant? Well, if if you wanted to spin it positively, if you wanted to say like, yeah. oh yeah, blind okay, faith try is... to spin it positively. That's that's really hard because I don't view blind faith well, positively. We're, but we're all we're all sure, on the sure. same page of where we're going with this episode. But I'm just I'm just yeah. saying like if we're going to quantify it the way that we just talked about faith, faith is what we know about God and trust. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Based on yeah. that. I think that blind faith would be yeah. not not really needing right. to have any knowledge of God and just kind of doing something. Yeah, I think so. I think And if you call faith uh, with evidence blind faith and you're wrong because it's not blind. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think faith faith itself blind or not is just your trust sure. and your sure. devotion and like you know, faith is going so far in trusting something that like you begin to act on what you trust in. You're right. like, I rely on this, so I'm going to step out. Um, it's like you can put your faith. We're, the three of us right now are putting our faith in three chairs. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. we trust. I, I really put my faith in the, the legs of the chair. <laughs> we, we trust. We trust that these chairs are going to hold us up. Yeah. And we have. It's not a blind faith because we know that generally chairs will hold us and and, and these chairs specifically have, held, chairs us have be, held us before through almost a hundred episodes at this point yes. these chairs have like yes. and, and we've held used us cha- up. we've used chairs previously yep. in other places yeah. and and so we, we yeah. understand the mechanics right. of a chair n- to, enough to know that that's what its purpose is to do so the faith part is is just your ability to just sit on the dang chair and yes. not and not worry about it. You, and, and, and you put your faith in it at that point. Yep. And, and, and we yeah. see this all the time where, you know, where someone goes to sit down in a chair that they trust is going to be there. And then someone pulls a chair out and they land on their butt on the floor. And so where you see often that, hilarious. Yes, absolutely. But the point is, is that you see the action of them putting their faith in the chair. Well, you know, what's funny about it, that. by them falling over. I mean, cause they just land on their butt because they expected yeah. the chair to be there. And they, no one, they did not expect someone to pull it out from underneath. Them. The opposite of that would be the trust fall, right? Because uh, okay, you do that. Well, at, you do that's that. At, a good example. You do that at the office retreat, or uh, well, or at your Christian camp. Well, hold on though. Right. So, so check this out. Check this out. That exercise is interesting because a lot of times when people do that exercise, mm-hmm. they don't. They they are trying to achieve a different result than the game implies. Let me explain. Okay. You go there with people you don't know at all. Uh-huh. And and then the work play the management will tell you you need to learn to trust your coworkers. Mhm. And you don't know them at all. So when you fall, oftentimes it is blind faith. Yeah. Especially if like it's an orientation sort of thing or like a Christian camp or something. So you in contrast, in contrast, yeah. I would argue even then it's not necessarily blind. Well, it, 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 you would still have an inkling of evidence. Yes, because because you understand the purpose is for you to fall back and the and their purpose is you're, to be there to catch you. Well, you're trusting in cultural norms at that point that the management wouldn't put you in like deliberate. That they wouldn't uh, just prank also, you. Also yeah. true right. as well. So, so those true. are some evidence of things that yeah. would make, make you say, but think about it this way. Mm-hmm. If the... If the uh, if the um, activity was changed and it was out of all the coworkers you've worked with for the last year, pick the person you think most likely to uh, catch you no matter what. Then the activity becomes: I trust that per- my friend Zach would yeah. not let me fall, even though I'm yeah. huge. He would <laughs> he would like figure out how to catch me, right? And so or or. 
in contrast, if you have like a guy who is a friend of yours who you know is like a prankster, would like let you fall to be funny. Mm-hmm. And so, right. And so my point is, in the first scenario, we we don't really have a foreknowledge of who is catching us. Extrapolate that out. And that is the argument for blind faith that atheists and other people say about Christianity, that somehow we just blindly believe in a God we've never seen. And so we can't know anything about them. And and so we, we just we yeah. act on uh, evidence that is uh, incorrect, that we don't even really know for sure. Because a lot of the real world has said for years, this has been the argument, like we have no real evidence that God exists. That's what a lot of people would say. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what what is interesting is to look through the scripture at people in history who did have clear evidence and based on their communication with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I would argue we have just as much evidence today, but it comes in a different form. We have the Holy Spirit. We have. Gosh, there's so yeah. it's a different world, but uh, to, to the Old Testament or to the time when the mm-hmm. gospel, I, I've heard the I've heard it argued that historically we have more evidence for the existence of Jesus than we do the existence of Homer, the creator of the Iliad and the Odyssey. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Or the uh, <clears throat> wasn't Homer like a dog? He's like a little uh, wishbone dog. <laughs> Went around and narrated all the Greek plays. <laughs> so I was trying to think of what. Is it a Jack Russell Terrier? It's Wishbones. The, Wishbones the name of the dog. Right. But yeah, is. yeah, you're right. I don't though. know what breed it is, though. It's a Jack Russell. I believe you're right. I think yeah. it's one of those. It's like uh, it's mm-hmm. like my dog Skip. So, yeah, Homer is a Jack Russell Terrier. Good. <laughs> OK, we're good. Yeah. Uh, so um, so that 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 um, exercise of knowing and trusting who is going to catch you, I believe, is the real story of God. Yeah, we've had a relationship with this person. We know that they care about us, so they wouldn't let us just fall if we put our trust in them. And that is the real picture of faith, or at least a, a relatively yeah. better picture of faith than the one that the world sees about yeah. faith. Um, so I found this really, really good uh, website with a great uh, like article in it. So I guess the website's called Stand to Reason, Clear Thinking Christianity. And the author of this article is a guy named Tim Barnett. And uh, he has a video, but I, I won't play it because it's probably copyrighted or something. But oh, sure. he has I'm the sure. transcript of the video, which is really nice for our purposes. So um, he basically lines out a very a bunch of really, really good points, including a scripture from John, uh, John's gospel that says, uh, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, mm-hmm. the Son of God, yeah. and that believing you may have life in his name. Now, mm. the the reason he wrote that is to tell you that the accounts that he rec- that he recorded in his in his writing are so that you will know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Not so that you don't have a clear picture. And it's pretty obvious if you just read through john straight mm, through because yeah. they're all kind of like bam 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 like one after another and it's like all of them are kind of like proving various points about like who jesus is right and so and and so what the yeah. what the guy tim barnett says is he says do, does it sound based on that does it sound like john doesn't care about evidence right, right. yeah he it seems like, like he, a list of evidence <laughs> right yeah and so and so uh, his illustration point, which we talked about the falling exercise. I love that you guys brought that up, but this one is maybe even 
another angle of, of, of the, the blind faith versus actual faith issue. So it says, here's an illustration I used an example in biblical faith, because he calls it biblical faith versus blind faith. He says, imagine you're standing at the edge of Niagara Falls, and while you're watching this magnificent waterfall, you notice that there is a tightrope walker named Charles Blondin. He's walking from one side to the other, pushing a wheelbarrow full of rocks. So get that mental picture in your mind of a guy with a wheel, wheelbarrow full of rocks on a tightrope walking across Niagara Falls. And he says... Uh, you are mesmerized by his ability. You keep watching him as he goes back and forth over and over and over, never falls. And then at the end, he comes to you and says, do you have faith that I could do this again? And you say, of course, I have faith that you can do it again. I've seen you do it all day. And he dumps the rocks out and says, hop in. <laughs> right? So I like this illustration because the the faith he is representing requires some risk on our part. Yeah. Um, and it requires us to not only risk, but act. Mm. Yeah, that is really good because the Bible, it's not it's not saying the exact opposite of blind faith either. Like, it's not saying that, like, God is going to show you every single detail of what you need to know. He's going to, like, prove it to you with, like, algorithms and math. And you're going to just, like, have every assurance. Like, that's not and you're going right. to feel completely. No, like you are going to feel like you're taking some risk in stepping out. Absolutely. And, and another Absolutely. great parallel of this is marriage. I know you said, uh, did you have an N.T. Wright quote in here? I think it was N.T. Wright. I saw okay. him on, if I'm thinking of the same thing, I couldn't find it. But he um, he was on some talk show and he was talking about how, no, Christian faith is not blind faith. And, you know, I think of it this way because... I'm not with my wife right now, but I trust her. I trust that she's being faithful to me, not just because, not just blindly, but because I know her and I have every reason to trust. I her. know the person that she is. I know the person that she mm -hmm. is and say she knows me. I've given her every reason and all the evidence to trust me. And so we trust each other. And as you know? torturous as a relationship, this might be for some, how much more perfect is God than right. a wife, any, any wife. And yeah. so if you are like worried about an mm -hmm. unfaithful wife, just think about how much more perfect God is that he would always be faithful to you in your relationship. And so why can't we then in turn be faithful with him? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I wrote down here a blind faith logical paradox. I know you like those, Bob. <laughs> so here's here's where I've come to on this. This is just like my my uh, intellectual like mind games now. So uh, we don't know what we don't know, right? So we can't know something that we don't know. Um, and in that way, the suggestion of blind faith being an unknown thing that we just step out into makes no logical sense to me. And so we can't believe in something we don't know. And then in turn, we can't blindly believe something. We can't, the implied idea of blindly believing in something that we don't know about means that we can't even believe in something we have no knowledge of. So then therefore we can't have faith in something we don't believe in. And therefore we can't blindly have faith in something we have no faith in. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I got to ask, did you come up with this yourself? Yes. <laughs> this is awesome. I love this. I absolutely I, love this. This is great. Well done, man. So well done. that kind of explains what I was having trouble with because I was having trouble thinking of an actual example of real blind faith. It's you can't. 
because you can't really right. But 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 so what do they really mean when they say blind faith? That's the problem. The yeah. problem is that when a person suggests that you have blind faith, what they're saying is the things they know about God that because yeah. they say they know them. Yeah. So the things they know about God, which is very ignorant knowledge, it's yeah, not real possibly. knowledge. It is it is knowledge based in ignorance. They know that God isn't real. So having blind faith to them is these people believe mm-hmm. in something that's not yeah. real and they're just blindly believing in it yeah. based on no evidence. Yeah. I think like maybe the closest thing I could think of that would be actual blind faith might be like you just like jump out of an airplane with no parachute, just believing you on the off chance you'll be okay. But well, I think that even <laughs> that, even that mu- must be like having a faith in like at least chance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I, I, and you know, what's, what's interesting is that every example I can think of, of blind faith in like our normal everyday life yeah. involves what we know about the person we put our faith into or the thing yeah. that, or the thing we put our faith into. Right. Sure. So for example, if I go into a really skeevy, like backwater ice cream shop, Okay. And there's three flavors of ice cream, chocolate, vanilla, and special surprise. And it looks rank and grotesque. And the guy behind the counter with like a bunch of gold teeth and uh, an eye patch says, you should try the special one. <laughs> I'm going to say, hmm, I know nothing about this guy. I'm going to give it a shot. even then we have like what bob said we have cultural knows things that we know that will give us some sort of direction on where to go that probably isn't the smartest idea you might trust like what are the chances you know of this right actually being hurtful or or disgusting now now the the more that we right the more Mm -hmm. that we consider the probabilities the less it sounds like faith right and that's true right yeah so I have to con- so. concede the point that there is always an unknown, which is what the Corey Ten Boom says. Like sure. you have a, uh, the future is always unknown, unknown future. He, 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 here's my big issue, though, when it comes so often to blind faith, and that is the fact that that it's not even the outsiders; it's the way that Christians have embraced it. That's and, true, and, and 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 that is, and I find it to be so troubling because I often find that that embracement comes with a sense of shallow faith like well i don't uh, have much evidence to put it in so i'm just going to say that my, my my faith is blind well then my question is why don't you have much evidence why is your faith blind and so mm-hmm. often it comes due to it is it is real due to a very real fact that the individual will sometimes have a very shallow um undiscipled faith sure and so i and i use the term undiscipled intentionally because Oftentimes, I don't find it to be, to be their direct fault. Is the fact that the church has not trained them? Well, Bob, and that, and I find it to be so troubling. We have an entire generation hmm. who's experienced this. Well, Bob, we, you, you personally are a, um, you are the kind of person that seeks seeks out the fullness of the information of everything, including scripture, which I love about you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. I think for every Christian, you are absolutely right that that is the end goal. But when you become a Christian for the first time, you do have you do have a certain amount of blind blindness to your faith. Well, there's always going to be some level of blindness. Absolutely. But you are still operating on what you know. And mm-hmm. so, for example, when I first yeah. became a Christian, I only knew a few things. One was the effect the community 
that Jake Lee's church had on the local community of Richmond. Sure. Or the uh, conviction of Jake's beliefs and how wholeheartedly he mm-hmm. uh, expressed his care and uh, in, each, in each word that he said as he sat and had dinner with me. Those are sort of those are some of the small evidences of God's uh, intervention yeah. in my life. Absolutely, but they are still not the fullness of God. Now, absolutely, my argument is, even at that point, you are getting inklings of knowledge about God. So, as blind as you want to make that, yeah. you are still no. You still sure. act and live based on what you know, which means that it can't be blind faith, but. It can still be ignorant yeah. faith. I think that there there is a lot of that. What's what's interesting to me is now that now that I'm thinking about how hard it is to actually have blind faith. It is. Bob, you're talking about people saying that they're proud of basically proud of saying that they yeah. have blind faith. Yeah. But I I I don't know that they really do have completely blind faith sure. because it's ignorant faith. It might be shallow. But would you would would the same people also not say, yeah, I believe the Bible? Right? Yes, yeah, they, yeah. They, they would definitely say that. So they would have to say that they know about God because they read about God in the Bible. That's right. So mm-hmm. there you go. They have some information. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> even if they that's don't, why it's a logical paradox. Yeah, even if I, they don't go deep, uh, even if they only read like just a few you know, narrow passages of scripture. That's right. They still have something. Somebody told them about God. <laughs> that's and fair. So, you know, that, that's so, very fair. So you yeah. can probably prove yeah. to them that they themselves don't really have blind faith. <laughs> so there is a, there is a, there is a argument you can make about the, uh, an ignorant faith based yeah. on. So ignorance suggests that we don't know enough about what's going on. Mm. Do you understand the difference? We have not enough information. Yeah. Oh, sure. But that sure. doesn't imply we have no information. Absolutely. No, so, and, and I definitely agree that many times we don't have enough information, and yet we make that step anyways. That's And that mm-hmm. that can be problematic, right? So w- w- we've had this discussion in the past we, with Jake. It's our third episode. Mm-hmm. Theology versus action, right? Right. And how they need to go hand in hand. And if you don't have theology and you just act based on nothing – then that can be problematic. And if you yeah. only care about theology and you don't live your life that, like in the same way or act, so faith without works works without faith. Um, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna actually talk about that in just a minute. Um, but I want to now read this scripture, which I love, mm-hmm. uh, to give us an example of biblical faith versus blind faith. Okay. Okay. This is a this is to me the most pure example of faith, and it's still it's still to this day my probably my favorite run in with Jesus moment in all of the scripture mm-hmm. and is Matthew eight starting in verse five. When he had entered and he meaning Jesus, when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is laying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. Like he's like, yeah, let's go to your house. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof even, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. So at this point, Mm -hmm. at this point, you could maybe make the argument that he was just blindly saying like, Jesus seems like a healer guy. Sure. Whatever. But as we read on, but this, so for, he explains why he believes this. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. 
And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was marveled and said to those who followed him. So he turned around to his disciples and to the people tracking behind them. Yeah, the crowd. I truly, I tell you, no one in Israel has faith, has, have I found with such faith. So stopping there. The centurion clearly knows about Jesus, clearly, because what he is describing is exactly the truth of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So either he knows the prophetic word about Jesus, or he's heard of his ministry from someone. Seen the evidence. Or he's seen the evidence. Mm -hmm. But this guy until now has not met Jesus, but he knows who he is. Yeah, sure. And so he says, because of what I know of Jesus, I am willing to step out in faith and say, I already know that you just say the word and my servant is healed. And Jesus says, that is, that is faith. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Is it blind? Absolutely not. Because he already tells him how he's explaining to Jesus, how he operates. So look, I understand how authority works and I know you have the authority to heal. Oh yeah. 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 And so Jesus goes on to say, I tell you, many will come from the East and the West and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant yeah. was healed at that very moment. So <laughs> um, what's interesting is that all of those times in the scriptures, when he randomly meets somebody and says something about the person's faith, the person is acting based on what they know of Jesus. Not so like the girl who grabs his garment says, I know if I just get a hold mm -hmm. of his clothes that I'll yeah. be healed. Yeah. She says, I know that I'm pretty and sure. And then there's like, uh, there's that woman at the well in John. Yeah. Um, he goes to the well and, and he sees this woman and then he tells her like, yeah, you're on your fifth husband. And um, the man you're with now isn't even your husband. She says to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Like those are her. Yeah. So mm -hmm. even she, like, she just doesn't know who this random guy is. She right. comes up to her, but even she can see kind of the, like the result of what he's able to do, you know? Oh, he knows like everything about me. So he must be a prophet. Like that's right. God kind of working through this guy. What is he like? Right, right, right. Yeah. And so, and so basically what I'm explaining is that, this centurion and many other people like him throughout the scripture that interact with Jesus and who are talking or speaking with God, all the times that we see these beautiful evidences of faith, faith is mm -hmm. a very valued commodity to God because mm. it is saying, God, you have told me through the scripture or through interaction or through the teachings of my family before me, who you are. Mm -hmm. And based on that, I am going to act based on that and totally trust. And so I love the centurion one because Jesus is like, I'm not kidding. This guy has more faith than anybody in Israel. And it's because the centurion yeah. is like, I don't know if until that point, anybody has ever mentioned that yeah. they, they already know it will happen. It's yeah. just awesome. Well, and just as a little bit of context, the centurion by definition was an occupying force. He was the enemy. 
mm-hmm. well. And so uh, no, to, yeah. to, to the Jews, he was the enemy. And so for Jesus to say, this, this, this guy, this enemy of yours has more faith than all of you. All of that must have ticked off so many people. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's, that's what's interesting is that, yeah, he's basically like he's implying, Jewish. he's basically implying that the same way that he can instruct soldiers, Jesus can literally instruct life and death, which is mm. true, <laughs> which is actually, he keeps doing that. Zach, what about uh, Genesis 15? You have a little thing down here about like belief. Uh, I we wrote, talked about, you know, so, okay. So we said, first of all, biblical faith is like recognizing like what Jesus has done. Um, and you know, we talked about that also in the incarnation episode. That's exactly right. But then also biblical faith isn't just belief. It's knowing and stepping out accordingly. That's right. Right. So we know things and then we, um, are able to let it guide our actions. And I really like the example of Abraham. So in Genesis 15, six, it says, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Not Abraham, but Abram. Sorry, I spoke. He was Abram first. Yeah, but this was right before he became called Abraham. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think that's like two chapters later. But yeah, God credited Abraham's faith. And if you read a lot in the New New Testament, um, Hebrews 11, kind of where we were at Mm -hmm. before, talks about. Abraham, okay, he had faith, he trusted and like did what God commanded him to do. Right. And so, boom, he's got righteousness. Um, same thing uh, in Romans 4, Paul mentions it again. He says right. like, yeah, all these people on earth, you know, were, were sinful, but Abraham was this righteous guy, but he was only righteous because he knew something about God and acted on it. That's right. You know? So I think there's something about action, you know, that's and being that's able exactly to take right. that step, being able to say, I will sit in this chair. Um, I think that's the faith that gets credited to people. I'm not saying necessarily that that alone saves you because you also need the grace of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And, you know, you still need justification and salvation from him in that way. Yep. Um, but I think faith is a, is a huge part of it and you have to have faith in order to receive that. So yeah. one of the phrases I do actually really like that gets thrown around a lot is a leap of faith. Sure. Yeah. So that doesn't suggest blindness. What it suggests is that you're going to take an action based on the faith that you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yes. which and, is, and, and it's likely going to be a big one. It's going to be. Yeah. There's going to be some unknowns implied there. I like to I like to use the phrase stepping out in faith, but mm-hmm. but it's the same thing. Um and it's funny because that both leap of faith and stepping out in faith is illustrated in the last uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. When mm-hmm. the last thing he got to do is yeah. step out over the, the yeah. ravine, the, the ravine. Yeah. Uh, but so, so they keep going back to this. Like, he, I think they're repeating it to themselves like, Oh, a leap of faith, a leap of faith. And so uh, he, he dramatically like grabs at his chest and then <laughs> takes the step. But um, what, what we would see really as more of an application of that in our daily lives would be something like you, you pray and pray and pray and pray. And God says, it's time to leave your job. Or you pray and pray and pray mm-hmm. and you have, you're going to move somewhere. And you really want to move to Georgia, but something from the Lord is telling you that you need to move to Pennsylvania or I don't know, any other mm-hmm. state. And and you say, man, I, I think the Lord is telling me to go here and I, I don't know why, but I know that uh, all things work together for my good, like, you know, like the song says, or that God 
God uses these things for my good. And I just need to trust that that is better, a better thing for my life Mm -hmm. than this other thing. Mm -hmm. There are many examples today where we use faith based on our knowledge of how good the Lord is. And I go back to my quote, because I think it's good. I'm, I'm quoting myself again. The tenacity of our faith is equivalent to the assuredness, confidence, and affirmation of what we know about God. So our faith is stronger when we are more assured and more confident and affirm what we believe about the Lord. So end up singing camel rock songs. Blessed (laughs) assurance. Jesus is mine. So, um, so, you know, where does that leave us? Uh, if we, if we were to say like, yes, I step out in faith quite a bit in my life, but I'm not blind when I do it. There is right. so much evidence yep. that drives my faith. Mm-hmm. Some of it's historical. Some of it's experiential. Some of it, it is... happened yesterday when Ken Southgate called me while I was crying about something really, really hard and said like, bud, you've just been on my heart lately. I have, yeah. I have called people who yeah. are right in the midst of something bad. And I say like, God called, God put it on my heart mm-hmm. to text you or call you. I'm not kidding. That's happened to me a lot of times. It's very crazy. And so, I just believe that sometimes you're just put in the right place and you just got to trust it. So the last thing I'll say is the works thing. And then we'll wrap up here. Cause I know we're over time. Uh, James, which is of course my favorite book of the Bible <laughs> um, has the faith through works scripture. But uh, the full context of this is James two, starting in verse 14. It says, what is good? My brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is it? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So what Mm -hmm. he's suggesting is you can be faithful to the Lord, but if you're not willing to act in that faith, what is it? It's not it's, it's, faith. It's just words. It's right. just words. Yeah. Exactly. But then it goes on to say, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith uh, by, my, by my works. So he's suggesting, I can show you how faithful I am by what I am going to do in my life. The things that I'm going to do, the the outreach, the the giving to the poor, the, the working in the community, the living a righteous life in all of the different aspects of my life. Um, and I think that that is super important as a way of expressing our faith. Um, and so clearly blind faith in that regard would be kind of silly, mm-hmm. but that's probably the only time I would ever like, maybe like say blind faith might be okay. Would be if you're just like walking on the street and you're just like, Dum, 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 dum. Oh, look, there's a homeless guy. I'm just going to go do stuff for him. And I don't really know why. Like, but again, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's not even then. It's still not even then. Blind. It's not really blind faith. Yeah. Because that's what scripture is told you to do at that right. point. So you should be obedient. So going on to the, to the really good meat of this here, you mm-hmm. believe that God is one. You do well. Even demons believe and what he means is even demons believe that God exists because we've seen mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah confront demons and they acknowledge him and they even they believe in it and shudder do you know do you want to be shown you foolish person that faith apart from works is useless 
Was not Abraham, we're going back to Abraham again, our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So Abraham believed that God was who he was. That's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. He knew who God was and out of that knowledge of God acted in faith. Right. To me, you can never be blind. If you know who God is, then your faith is strengthened by the knowledge of God and you're trusting in what you know. Like, I truly believe that you guys would have my back. Like, you're very, very good friends, of course. Sure. But even more so, a God who is infinitely loving and infinitely good and infinitely powerful. Like, if you're going to lay your trust in something, in your faith, you've got to do it yeah. with him, you know? And so that's kind of where I'm going to yeah. wrap up. I'm going to so, say that blind faith yeah. is a logical paradox. It's yeah. a bunch of <laughs> uh, uh, bull poopy. And uh, you should just <laughs> realize that true there faith stems from what we know about the Lord. Yeah. I mean, that's in summary, there's what we know about the Lord and evidence. We've been given knowledge of God. That's and right. We've been given um, the ability to trust a known God. But then also there's the unknown future element to this. And I think that kind of what James is saying is that it, the only thing that we are to do is to act um, just like Abraham did and have kind of works to our faith. That's what kind of makes our faith like come to life and, and is credited. I really like how it says like even the demons believe so faith isn't just like what you believe in your head. Well, it's, right? it's, it's, you know, you can know that God is you can real, know that God is real and never really act on it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Cause even the demons do that. So it's yeah. kind of like what you mentioned with the incarnation episode about being sent. Yeah. Like Jesus, Jesus knew what was going to happen to him. Now in the same way, there are a lot of people that in throughout the scripture that get sent that do not mm -hmm. know what's going to happen to them. And they do it anyway. Yeah. I would say that Jesus obviously has, faith but it's it's not the same way that humans on earth do with it because we can't know all the things that jesus knew mm -hmm. um so anyway thank you for letting me ramble awesome. um i have thanks, thanks thanks um we've had a really great time doing the incarnation episode and now this one um starting next time you'll probably hear us uh take a slightly less serious tone, um, but it'll be a lot of fun. So please check us out then. Uh, stick with us as we move closer yep. to that big one. Oh, and, and if you've got any questions for us, we encourage you to put those uh, out there to us on, page, uh, on Facebook and let, yeah, let, let us know what your questions are. Please do it. <laughs> we will talk to you next time. Peace.